the Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 91, live from New York, it's Saturday night! Marvel Team-Up number 74, featuring Spider-Man and the Not Ready for Prime Time players. Cover date, October 1978. Well, hello again. It's me, Ben, Ben Avery, and this is the Comic Book Time Machine. I have just gotten back from a trip back in time to July 1978 to buy some comic books that are cover dated October 1978. Comic books that are Marvel, but that feature licensed characters, licensed from books, from TV from movies, from action figures, from real-life stunt people. And in this case, well, it is. It is TV. This was one of those little surprises that I got uh, as I'm going through my, my, my trips in time and go back. And I'm looking on the shelf, looking for things that are licensed by Marvel to be published by Marvel, but they weren't originally created by Marvel. Now... This has included the human fly, who was a real-life stuntman. This has included John Carter, Warlord of Mars, from a book series. This has included Star Wars. In fact, this was inspired by Star Wars uh, because that's what got me to do this whole podcast thing in the first place with this particular project, this experiment, if you might call it. Although, after 91 episodes, I don't think it's an experiment anymore. <laughs> I think it's it's gone beyond experiment uh, that's that's right. Ninety one chapters of Marvel's comic, comic cosmic comics. Now, if you're listening to this in the omnibus, it's not that many episodes, but it is that many segments as of right now. There's been ninety one different segments, which means I've covered more than ninety one comics. Which, um, I don't know. That says something about uh, determination and weird organization. I think is what it, what it is testament to in my life. In this case, this is one of those, like I said, weird surprises where as I'm looking to see what's in each month, uh, I have a good idea of what's coming up, but I never know exactly when. And this was one that I hadn't even put in my box. But as I was looking to see what else is out there, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. I do that every month. And usually I haven't missed anything. I, I've usually the things that I want to be in the comic book protective sleeve that I store them in. Uh, that's right. They're all jammed into single sleeves. So each month, yeah, not single sleeve per comic. It's a single sleeve per month. So there's some pretty tight months coming up. These months lately haven't been that tight, though. So anyway, this was one that I hadn't put in the sleeve, and I, I didn't know it was coming up. And I looked through, and I thought, wait a minute. As I was looking at the covers on Mike's Amazing World of Comics, that's that's the Marvel team up with John Belushi on the cover. That's the Marvel team up with Saturday night live, the cast of Saturday night live. Not only wait a minute, that's there. I own that. I have that somewhere. Not only do I have that somewhere, I just saw it as I was sorting through some of my comics. It was put away with um, 
some of my other uh, uh, gimmick comics, you know, where you have Marvel team up with Aunt May or whatever, or uh, Obnoxio the Clown, um, things like that. And I knew exactly where it was, which is unusual right now. Anything that's not like just purposefully put somewhere, they've been moved around so much. I don't know where things are now where I know I have an issue but it might be in here, it might be over there, this closet, that closet. I'm not very organized right now with things that have just been forgotten, so to speak. Well, this is one that I actually knew where it was, so I pulled it out. And, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> don't listen to all that. I mean, I went back in time. Uh, yeah, that's it. I went back in time to 1978, and this was on the on the shelf. So, anyway, yes, Saturday Night Live itself is not a sci-fi property or a fantasy license however it is a license they did have to license it they were using copyrighted material and they had permission to do so and it's got spider-man and silver samurai in it so therefore that makes it sci-fi and fantasy and so now i have justified it enough to make it work uh, in my mind anyway so <laughs> this is what we get. We have a comic book guest starring the Saturday Night Live cast. Now, this cast is not the cast that I'm familiar with when I was watching Saturday Night Live, except for reruns that would pop up every once in a while. These were ones that I knew of because they were famous. But, you know, when I was into Saturday Night Live, it was it was Chris Farley. It was Dennis Miller. It was Kevin Nealon. It was. Uh, that gang, so to speak, it was Norm Macdonald. You know, it was it was those guys. It was uh, late '80s and then early and mid '90s, and I followed it for a while after that. But I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a very, very long time, mainly because I have a job that I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. No, I have to get up at five thirty in the morning on Sunday morning so that I can be out the door by 6.30 in the morning on Sunday morning and staying up to watch Saturday Night Live from 11.30 to midnight. No, 11.30 to 1, actually. It's just not going to happen. I do remember my first Saturday Night Live. I was babysitting the kids next door and I got to stay up and watch uh, TV and, and I, I watched Saturday Night Live. Now, I had heard of Saturday Night Live and I would heard of some of the characters and stuff that had come out of it, uh, but I had never actually watched it. I had friends who would come to school on Monday and they would talk all about how they saw Saturday Night Live. And I was so jealous when some friends came home one one or came to school one Monday and said they had seen William Shatner doing Saturday Night Live. I'm just, oh man. I I was I was devastated. Not really, but upset. Nah, bothered. I was bothered. Uh so these characters here though, these Actors, I mean, this crew, it's Dan Aykroyd, it's John Belushi, I mean, it's the Blues Brothers right there, it's Jane Curtin, it's Garrett Morris, who played Ant-Man in a sketch, uh, we'll get to that sketch, it's Bill Murray, it's Lorraine Newman, Gilda Radner, oh man, she, she would crack me up in those um, uh, Weekend Update reruns that I would see, uh, and then also Lorne Michaels, who is the producer of Saturday Night Live. And then another guest star in here from real life is Stan Lee himself. And it's, they're all on the cover. 
They're all on the cover. I wish I could find more historical information about where this issue came from, how it came to be, and how the cast of Saturday Night Live responded to it. Because it's not that they weren't, you know, they didn't know about comic books. There were some sketches. There's some very famous Saturday Night Live sketches where they are doing the the superhero thing. Uh, the most famous one um from at least from this era is when, like I said, uh, Garrett Morris played Ant-Man and you had um, Belushi playing Hulk and you had some other superheroes in there as well. And it's, it's cute. It's fun. It's funny. Um, There's this line. I mean, the best part is when Belushi ends up in the bathroom. They're all waiting for him. Hulk comes out. It's like, don't go in there. It's, it's funny. It's, it's scatological. Sure. But, but it's funny stuff. And so, They've had their run-ins with superheroes, and I, I really want to know what is if there's a connection between that sketch and this comic. In fact, at first, I wondered if they did this comic because you know someone at Marvel saw that they did the superhero sketch, and then they did this. But this came out in 78. It was on the shelves in July of 1978, and that superhero sketch that I'm talking about, the um, superhero uh Superhero Party. Um, let's see here. What they call it? So, yeah, Superhero Party is what I see in a, uh, some of the listings here. It's Margot Kidder, who is, of course, um, Lois Lane, uh, and Bill Murray playing Superman. And it was from 1979. So that makes it difficult you know, to, to inspire the comic book, unless there's some time travel going on. And, you know, I'm doing the time travel here, not them. So they, I don't know what came first. I don't know if like Stan Lee or some of the bullpen went to a taping or something like that. And, you know, they recognize, hey, Stan Lee, or maybe Stan Lee, he was getting into the, um, uh, the, the you know, other arms of entertainment. I, I, I don't know. A brief look at Marvel Comics, The Untold Story brings up nothing about um saturday night live it, it may be in there i just couldn't find anything in the index but uh, then looking under belushi in the index it doesn't bring up john belushi it brings up jim belushi uh john belushi's brother and this is in something i have to find this i wish there was a way to go back in time i don't know but um it goes it's it's a chapter that has to do with uh steve gerber and that there was a Howard the Duck radio program. Yes, a Howard the Duck radio program. Now, I know there was a uh, a Fantastic Four radio program. And that radio program actually then, back to Saturday Night Live, had Bill Murray in it playing uh, Johnny Storm, I believe. Now, I haven't been able to find anything about this Howard the Duck radio program with Jim Belushi. I have seen, however, a photograph of Jim Belushi in the recording studio recording it. I <laughs> so this is something that uh, there's this whole October 1978 and cover date birth month thing. I'm really enjoying some of the things I'm uncovering and some of the things I'm I'm reading and and uh, this Howard the Duck radio thing. Man, I am so curious about that. So curious, but I couldn't find anything. Uh, as far as any recordings or anything like that. So anyway, 
back to the comic at hand here, which is uh, just to show that there is a lot of connections with Saturday Night Live from Marvel, least of which being that they're in New York. But uh, this is a comic book that features them now. And so here's the thing. I, I, I mention that because it's very obvious, but I mention it because whenever you have something like this, this kind of a crossover, there's a very real danger. And that's this. When a character, like a funny character from one show is brought into another show, is he going to be funny enough? Is he going to be funny as he was over there? Especially in something like this, where you have these comedian characters who are putting on a live comedy show. Is it going to be funny? Is it going to be as good as the real thing as you're watching the fake thing or reading in this case, the fake thing? And that was the question I kept asking myself. I do not remember reading this, but I'm positive that I have. Uh, this is one that did not just get bought and then put away. I'm pretty sure that I read this, but if I did read it, it would have been you know 15 years ago, maybe. And so I didn't remember exactly how everything panned out in the comic. And I didn't remember having an impression of it being terrible, nor did I have an impression of it being wonderful. So that also gave me a little bit of fear. Was this going to drop somewhere in the middle? Now, the story is simple enough. The story is a classic Spider-Man story. Um, he has a date with Mary Jane. Something goes wrong. There's a bad guy involved and he teams up with some heroes or a hero. I mean, this is Marvel team up, right? So here's the details. Peter and Mary Jane are on a date, but the date is to the Saturday night live broadcast and they are late. And that's going to put them in the balcony. And Mary Jane is not too happy about that. She wanted a better seat. They went out to eat, but then they did, you know, they ran into traffic or whatever. They're not able to get in as early as they were expecting. Mary Jane, not happy. You know who else is not happy? Silver Samurai. He's not happy. He's not happy because he wants something. And we'll get into what it is that he wants. But right now, it's just good enough to know he's not happy. And his wrath, his anger, his unhappiness is focused on um, the, the, the Saturday Night Live taping. Someone else who's not too happy. That's Jim, not John Belushi. John Belushi, not Jim Belushi. John Belushi is not happy because he got a package from a fan that had a ring in it and he put it on and now he can't get it off and they're getting ready to do the show. Now that package that came to him, well, that's what Silver Samurai wants to get. That's what's making him not happy is that one someone in that building has the ring. But it was supposed to be delivered to someone else. So that causes Silver Samurai and his goons to do some bad guy type stuff like take Lorne Michaels hostage in the producing room. And so Peter has to leave, become Spider-Man and leave Mary Jane behind, leaving her next to a handsome young man who was giving Mary Jane some attention. And she just might be interested in him, especially considering how unhappy she is with Peter in that evening. So it's all connected. And like all stories that are well-written are, they're going to be connected. There's going to have all these things and they're going to be seem like they're all from different places, but they're all going to come together. Well-written stories do that. You know what else does that? 
stories that aren't too well written, but <laughs> that will decide what we're getting into here later on. Anyway, Silver Samurai is looking through the you know backstage. He's going through the cast members of Saturday Night Live. And now the episode, by the way, is being hosted by Stan Lee, naturally. And uh, the musical guest is Rick Jones. So there's that. Um, and, you know, this is yet just another one of those times when Stan Lee makes his cameo. And he was doing cameos long before the MCU. So as Silver Samurai is doing that, Spider-Man is investigating because he's seeing these people. His Basically, his spider sense and his common sense are both warning him about people who are up to no good because he actually sees people who are up to no good. But are they actors? No, they're probably not actors. It's not, it's not part of the show because my spider sense is, is tingling. And meanwhile, the cast of Saturday Night Live have their show that they have to put on. Even while Lauren Michaels, the producer, has been taken hostage. Shenanigans ensue. All right. And so there's there's a lot of things that go on here. But here's here's some of the highlights. And that's that Bill Murray knocks out a guy with a fake Mjolnir and then dresses up as the guy to see what the bad guys are up to. Um, Spider-Man saves him, of course. Silver Samurai interrupts Weekend Update by bringing Gilda Radner and Jane Curtin through trap doors. And then Spider-Man uses his webbing to get them back up there because we got to keep the show going. We don't want people to think something's going wrong. Belushi is clueless to all of this, but he's ready for the next sketch. And the next sketch is his samurai character. Yeah, so that's kind of, I think, the point of this whole thing is, I mean, it gives us a great cover of Belushi with his samurai sword. And he's getting ready. He's giving a, a, a samurai yell. And uh, there's silver hands holding another sword that, that they're all looking at. And actually, the perspective of the cover is from us, the viewer. The way the hands are, it's one of those where it's a second person cover. I'm not sure if that's an official title for that, but that's what I'm calling it. Uh, it's Dave Cochran and, and Marie Severin who did this, and it's it's pretty good. But it's one of those where it's as if we are in the position of the camera and all of the people on the cover are looking at us. And uh, Spider-Man is yelling, Belushi, no, that samurai's for real. And he's giving his, his samurai yell as Spider-Man is trying to warn him off so anyway i think that this is the whole point uh was to get the two samurai characters together i think maybe when chris claremont was given the assignment and i imagine that this came as an assignment i don't i don't think this would have again this is all my imagination right now i don't think this came as chris claremont saying i have a great idea i'd love to do something with the saturday night live gang i think this was some sort of promotional item I mean, we've got uh in the little um character box in the upper left corner right under where it says still only 35 cents, there's Spider-Man's head and there's Stan Lee's head, which is what would normally be there for a Marvel team-up. And then underneath Stan Lee's head is the NBC N. And so it's 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 licensed. This is a promotional item. This is something they did on purpose and not just, I think, on a whim, but I think as some sort of um, publicity kind of gimmick thing. And I, again, I'm curious how well, how well it worked. So the whole point though, is to bring us to samurai versus samurai. Now, meanwhile, while all that is going on as Spider-Man and the cast members, the other cast members start realizing kind of what the bad guys are up to. 
they decide that the bad guys seem to be nervous about the Avengers, the actual Avengers coming. And so they're going to keep these bad guys on their toes, keep them um, off balance. And so Spider-Man and the cast, then uh, Spider-Man is already dressed as a superhero, but they get the cast dressed as superheroes. Lorraine Newman dresses up as Ms. Marvel, which is a Chris Claremont connection. Uh, By the way, I I don't think I mentioned the, the credits here. The writer is Chris Claremont and the uh, artist is Bob Hall, who was the editor of uh, the Godzilla thing recently, I think. Uh, he, but he's he's the penciler and editor on this. Uh, Marie Severin is the inker. Um, Annette Kowaki, Kowaki is the letterer and Marie Severin is also the colorist. Jim Shooter is the editor in chief. And oh, another thing I forgot to mention we get a nice, great big double page splash and Statler and Waldorf are on there. So, uh, but they don't really even give a real good dig. It just says, will you two kindly sit down? Statler and I came here to see the show. That's tell them Waldorf, you old coot. That's not funny. You know, Statler and Waldorf show up. They should be giving some sort of commentary on the show, not commentary on Peter Parker needing to sit down. Unless, you know, you can do both. Easily, but they didn't. Now that's getting into some of the analysis stuff that we're going to save for after we're, we're we're done with the plot here. But so you got Lorraine Newman in the Ms. Marvel suit, which is a, another uh, Chris Claremont joint, so to speak. And then you have um, uh, <laughs> Garrett Morris uh, dress up as Thor, uh, which is one of the things when the crooks come and see him, they get kind of what's going on here because. Thor is Norwegian and white. And so it's kind of funny because it goes, it goes back to that Idris Elba, uh, big old controversy, I guess, when they did the first Thor movie and, um, you know, well, the Norwegians, they, they, they can't, they, they're all white. You know, the, he can't play a Norwegian, uh, God. And, um, and, but Garrett Morris, he, he sells it, you know, and he sells it partially because then he's wearing rubberized boots and they zap electricity through the metal um, of the like the the walkway that they're on right there, and uh, that's pretty dangerous for civilians to do. But it's what they do, and it, do, it does the job. Oh, and then uh, <laughs> then Dan Hackray gets in some weird costume with a uh, handlebar mustache, and it looks like some sort of Russian soldier thing from uh, you know the 1900s with the pogroms and stuff like that. And that's that's getting close. I, I know just enough about history to be able to recognize he looks kind of like something that I might have seen. So all that shenanigans, it works. It does the job. It keeps them off balance. And the 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 gang, the crooks that are helping Silver Samurai, they're taken care of. Silver Samurai is not. And Silver Samurai finally finds Belushi, finally finds the guy who has the ring. Because that's the reason he was like bringing Jane Curtin and... um. Gilda Ratner down is because he's checking them to see if they had the rings. He finally finds Belushi, finally sees the ring. They fight swords, go back and forth a little bit of fighting. And then, um, it just ends up as a tug of war between silver samurai and Belushi. And it ends with silver samurai winning the tug of war, getting the ring off as Spider-Man comes in and helps. Uh, and then he puts the ring on and teleports away because that's what the ring does. And we find out that it was meant for another guy in the building named J.B. Lushi. I think it's meant to sound 
uh, Asian because Silver Samurai was coming and, and that kind of thing. So uh, it ends uh, the the final page after Silver Samurai goes away. It ends with that then cast photo with uh, Belushi and and all the other people and Stan Lee. Uh, it's just this one panel of them all standing in a line and then talking. And then the final two panels are in this kind of cafe where Belushi and Garrett Morris are debriefing uh, the, the evening, I guess. And Peter Parker and Mary Jane are as well. We find out that Mary Jane is upset because the man that she was kind of interested in who was showing her attention um, gave her some sort of, uh, let's say he gave her a, undefined indecent proposal let's, let's go with that so uh she's unhappy because she didn't get to have her vengeance uh against parker for the ruined evening and they're they're back together so uh there's a there's a handful of things to talk about here one of the things that's really kind of interesting is silver samurai gets really indignant about uh belushi's samurai character and you know, the kind of this is one of those where you have that cultural appropriation, appropriation, cultural appropriation going on where you have someone from another culture, another race who is donning the clothing and the styling and the sound uh, of of something from from another culture. And uh, Silver Samurai is, is upset uh, about Belushi doing this, which is kind of interesting and and then, I mean, just talking about that climax, it is really, I guess, anticlimactic is probably the best way to put it. I mean, there's no real victory for the good guys. The bad guy gets what he wants and gets away. And the only victory that I really see here is the <laughs> the um, rival for Peter Parker's affection. No, Mary Jane's affection. The rival for Mary Jane uh, is defeated by his own well whatever it is that he was suggesting and the, the the audience thinks that everything that was happening was some sort of slapstick show a slapstick comedy show and it was all part of the show and so everything turns out okay in the end but the good guys don't win and that's it just it kind of falls flat it just all falls flat and that's actually probably what i would say about this whole thing it's just kind of flat uh, it's it's not that funny uh, Stan Lee's monologue at the beginning is not funny. Now it has uh, Lauren Michaels thinking, wow, this guy's good, but he's not great. But he's not. He's not funny. And it ends on a really stupid joke, a really stupid joke. Um, Belushi is saying, okay, he's, he's talking to Garrett Morris and he says, anyway, the police figure the ring was meant to go to some import export hotshot named J.B. Lushi who has offices at 30 Rock, just like NBC. But the address label got rained on, the ink smeared, and some postal clerk figured it was meant for me. And then Garrett Morris says, Hey, man, everything turned out fine. Why look so glum? And Belushi says, I don't know, Garrett. I keep looking at this ball of web glop and thinking about Spider-Man, and I keep asking myself the same question. And uh, Garrett Morris has this really, um, not concerned look, but... I don't know how to call it, but he, he says, well, here it comes. And Belushi says, what are we going to do for the spinoff? Because it's, you know, spiders spin webs and they're on TV and you do spinoffs of TV shows. And it's just 
not funny. I mean, we're ending on that as the punchline. Now, I'm not saying I could write better. I'm not saying that, you know, under the constraints that Chris Claremont was working under, that he could have done better. I mean, maybe he just had to spit something out real quick as they were, you know, preparing this or something. But Stan Lee's monologue is is not great. Let me, let me kind of grab that here. He's talking about how he is actually the, the publisher of Marvel Comics in the Marvel Universe. And he says, here it is right here. He says, Hiya, true believers. I can't tell you how pleased I am to be hosting Saturday Night Live. For those of you who have been living in Siberia the last few years, I'm the guy who runs Marvel Comics. Now, a lot of people think that's really neat. <laughs> that's where Lorne Michael says, not bad. No Steve Martin, but not bad. And then he continues, but have you ever tried getting through a story conference with The Thing? Ah, uh, deep down, Ben Grimm's really a nice guy. I saw him on the street the other day, and I said, Ben... How are you? And he said, not too good. In fact, I'm feeling a little rocky. That's the joke. That's that's his opening monologue. It's not great. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't. This is like I said, I mean, they're doing the fake Saturday Night Live and it's just not as good as the real Saturday Night Live. And that's not unusual to have a show about a show and the show within the show isn't that great. But. I, I just wish that this had been a, a little bit better. Uh, just at least have a real joke in there, you know? But then again, I'm not a comedy writer. I write comics, but I'm not a comic. You know what I mean? So, all things considered, this was fun. A fun, you know, pull from, from my other boxes to put into this. And I, I hope you had fun listening about it. If you've read this before, let me know what you think. Let me know if you enjoy it. Um, Maybe I'm missing something, but uh, this is not as funny as a typical Saturday Night Live from that era would have been. I have seen some Saturday Night Live episodes from after that era that are just about as funny as this comic, which means not funny at all. But overall, it was kind of fun to see. Oh, I will say the the uh, uh, the Gilda Radner monologue that she does on uh, the Weekend Update, that actually was kind of funny. That's where she's talking about, now what's all this I hear about violets on television? The violet is a nice little flower. And that's fun stuff. Um, as far as the artwork goes, it's pretty good. The real life characters tend to look like caricatures. Uh, they tend to look like something maybe from a mad magazine or, or cracked magazine or something like that. But they work. You know who each person is when you see them. Peter Parker looks the way he looks in comics, but these characters, the real life characters, you you know who they are if you've if you're familiar with them. So that's it for this one, and I think it's time for our final uh, regular comic segment for the October cover date, and that will be John Carter, Warlord of Mars. For now. I do want to say thank you for listening, and uh, until next time, Godspeed, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, 
What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man, and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, What Price Victory? John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 17. anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware.